Welcome to the Right Division Network Podcast, a production of Grace Family Bible Church in Buffalo, New York. I'm your host, Pastor Scott Morton. And we'd like to thank you once again for joining us as we study God's Word, Rightly Divided. We're going to be continuing today in our studies here in the book of 1 Thessalonians. We are here in chapter number 4, and we've been looking at verse number 16, which says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. So we've been looking at this issue of the catching out of the saints, which is commonly referred to as the rapture, and looking at what it is that the Apostle Paul truly says about this event for the members of the body of Christ. And it's an important thing to know that because individuals have a lot of confusion about what is true. They're pulling in passages that would not apply to us. They're denying that this event is even going to happen. They're setting dates for this event, thinking that it's going to happen at a certain time. And all of these things, as they create confusion for the members of the body of Christ, really cause them to start questioning what the word of God actually says. And because they're questioning it, it can really start to have a negative impact on the faith that they have. And this is one of the things that we see if we turn over to Second Thessalonians chapter number 2, that we can see how the Apostle Paul had to write this epistle to these same individuals because they had had something happen that had this type of an impact on their faith. And here in 2 Thessalonians chapter number 2, we're going to read here the first two verses of the chapter where it says, Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and by our gathering together unto him, that ye be not soon shaken in mind, or be troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter as from us, is that the day of Christ is at hand. So, these individuals we can see how they have this issue of that there was things of whether it was their own mind and their own thought process around certain things, whether it was something that appeared to come by a spirit telling them things, you know, a word that came onto them, or even a thing that appeared to be written by the Apostle Paul, letting them, you know, in their mind, and you you say word in quotations, know that they had kind of missed this event, and that it was shaking them 
in their faith and he's having to tell them that that's not the case and then he's going to give them some further information about things that are, have to happen before the day of Christ could actually occur writing this to the believers the unbelievers would not understand any of these things at all and understanding that only the believers are going to be part of the event the catching out of the saints because only believers are going to be part of that event you know and this is a much different thing we've talked about this multiple times so if we turn over to revelation and go to revelation chapter number 19 that this is the event that individuals really think is going to be part of what they're going to see. And when you actually read this, it's a glorious thing that we would not be part of this because this is at the end of this 70th week of Daniel. So this is at the very end of that seven-year period at the conclusion of the wrath of God being poured out. We see here, let's pick up in verse number 11 of Revelation chapter number 19. And I saw heaven open and behold a white horse and he that sat upon him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew, but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, and with it he should smite the nations. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron, and he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. And I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven, Come and gather yourselves together unto the supper of the great God, that ye may eat the flesh of kings and the flesh of captains and the flesh of mighty men and the flesh of horses and of them that sit on them. In the flesh of all men, both great and bond, both small and great. And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army. And the beast was taken and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast. And them that worshipped his image, these both were cast alive into a lake of fire, burning with brimstone, and the remnant were slain with the sword of him that sat upon the horse, which sword proceeded out of his mouth, and all the fowls were filled with their flesh. Now, this description, this is the actual return of the Lord Jesus Christ to the earth. So, this is what Israel was looking for 
related to the establishment of the kingdom. And when you really look at these things, you know, it should make a very clear thing of where the things in 1 Thessalonians are not describing the things that we see in the book of Revelation. The problem becomes when an individual does not rightly divide the word of truth and when they think that everything is just one program, it's one hope that's being described through the scriptures that they take all of these things and it becomes, well, they have to be the exact same things and they have to be it in this way because if it's not, then they have no idea what the word of God is actually saying because they don't understand what it is that the scriptures would even be making a reference to if there was no you know, separation between those two things. And so when there's these passages that seem to indicate that someone's being taken away for something, they immediately just read the catching out of the saints into these passages. And especially because, you know, the feeling is, and I'm using the term loosely with it, the New Testament, which is written to us, Matthew through Revelation, and this is their thinking, not how the Bible truly is divided. But if it's written in one of those books, it has to be to us. Now we know that the only things written for us today are found in the books of Romans through Philemon. Yes, all scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, and instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. But we also understand all scripture in the light of study to shew thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And understand that we divide the truth that's written to Israel from the truth that's written to us and understand who the passages are written to. And then we can start understanding what is actually being made reference to. So when we look at these passages, and let's turn over to the book of Matthew. And we'll look at two different passages in the book of Matthew that individuals immediately start indicating because the wording seems to seems to indicate if you're not really looking at the things properly that it's talking about the catching out of the saints. So let's go to Matthew 24 first. And we're going to read here from verse 38 down through verse 42. And it says, For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark. 
and knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Then shall two be in the field, the one shall be taken, and the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill, the one shall be taken, and the other left. Watch therefore, for ye know now what hour your Lord doth come. Now, typically when individuals are looking at this, they just kind of pick up at verse 40 and kind of read 40, 41, and 42 because it's saying that there will be two in the field, the one shall be taken, the other left, the two women shall be grinding at the mill, the one shall be taken, and the other left. And say, well, see, the one that's being taken, that's the catching out of the saints. That's the rapture happening. And they leave off verses 38 and 39, which are really describing what it is that's the purpose of this. And then verses 40, 40, and 41 are actually saying, here's the details of that. Because in verses 38 and 39, we see how he's using the flood back in the book of Genesis in chapter number 6 to describe the purpose behind this when he said that they're just living their life and then all of a sudden Noah enters into the ark, the flood comes and took them all away. So the individuals that are being taken away in verses 38 and 39, they're not being taken away to be protected by God, to be part of his blessings in any manner. They're being taken away into judgments because of their failure. That's, when you read Genesis chapter number 6, you see how God's ready to pour out his wrath upon all of mankind because of their opposition to what he's doing. And then it records, Noah found grace in the eyes of God. And because Noah found grace in God's eyes, Noah and his family were protected from the wrath of God. These individuals taken away are taken away to face his wrath. And then it says, So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. So just like what was recorded in Genesis chapter number 6, of where they're being taken away to face the wrath of God, the coming of the Son of Man is going to be in like manner. So when it's describing in verses 40 and 41, this issue of two being in the field, the one shall be taken and the other left. The one that's being taken, they're not being taken into God's glory and God's protection they're being taken away to judgments. This is not a good thing of being taken away in Matthew chapter number 24, where being taken away in 
1 Thessalonians chapter number 4 is a very good thing because that's the hope that we have as the members of the body of Christ. We see again how if we turn over to the very next chapter in the chapter number 25 that the Lord Jesus Christ is going to be giving a little bit more detail into what he had said in chapter 24 so that way there would not be any confusion that individuals could have about what he's teaching here. We're going to start here in verse number 31 of Matthew chapter 25. It says, When the Son of Man shall come in his glory, and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. And before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was an hungered, and he gave me meat. I was thirsty, and he gave me drink. I was a stranger, and he took me in. Naked, and he clothed me. I was sick, and he visited me. I was in prison, and he came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee an hungered, and fed thee, or thirsty, and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger, and took thee in, or naked, and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick or in prison and came unto thee? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto me. Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungered, and ye gave me no meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me not in. Naked, and ye clothed me not. Sick, and in prison, and ye visited me not. Then shall they also answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee hungered, or a thirst, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister unto thee? Then shall he answer them, saying, Verily I say unto you, as much as ye did it not to one of the least of these, ye did it not to me, and these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. Now, we have a long description here related to individuals who are going to be part of the kingdom and those who are being, when he says, looks and says about that issue of depart from him they these shall go away into everlasting punishment and we see how the description of these things you know how it is that individuals are being part of the kingdom or being part of this taken away into the everlasting punishment and it's all based on their performance of the law program their performance of 
everything that had been commanded of them, that if they were doing all of those things, then they would be part of the kingdom. If they were not doing those things, then they would go into punishment because they were not faithful to the word of God, which had been given unto them. This is part of that performance-based system that the nation of Israel functioned under during their dispensation. You know, this is that program that people try to put themselves under today, thinking that this is what an individual should do to either earn or maintain their salvation, not understanding that the Apostle Paul talks about how that we've been made free from the law, that the Lord Jesus Christ took the law out of the way when he was nailed to the cross, and that we do not have to try to do those things today it's not a performance-based system that guides an individual today. A fear-based system thinking that if we don't do the right things, we're going to be taken away unto punishment. The whole issue is, what is our identity? And the Apostle Paul clearly identifies what it is that we have to do to have the gift of eternal life. And the only thing that we have to do is put our trust in the gospel message which has been given to us today. The gospel message which we find in 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. And in the first four verses of that chapter... We have the Apostle Paul identifying our gospel here when he says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. This right here, this is the only thing that we can do to have that gift of eternal life. Once we put our trust in this message, we're sealed with that Holy Spirit, a promise to keep us as a member of the body of Christ, to guarantee that we're going to be part of this catching out of the saints, to be part of the hope that has been given to the body of Christ today, that promise that we're going to be with him, ruling and reigning in the heavenly places for all eternity. And that's the good news. And that's the message that we should be really going out and sharing with individuals. And the unfortunate thing is that too often individuals are, you know, they're going away from this. They're 
focused on so many other things rather than focused on the truth of this gospel message and the impact that it is supposed to have. And when we understand that and that we can look at those other things, then we can truly see the glory of what has been accomplished for us and what our hope really is all about. Now, next week we're going to start looking at some of these details that the Apostle Paul describes here of how he's coming back and start identifying, and we'll look at this shout first, and what that actually means as the Lord Jesus Christ is coming back for us. Now as we close here, I'd like to remind everyone of our website, which is www.gracefamilybiblechurch.org. And on our website, we have some study articles. We have some charts to help you in your study of God's Word. We have information on how to join our services live as they're being broadcast on Facebook. Or if you happen to be in the Buffalo area, to join us for our Sunday service, you know, 9 a.m. at 83 Anderson Road in Cheektowaga, New York. And as always, if you have any questions or comments on anything in our broadcast anything on our website, we would love to hear from each and every one of you. And until next time, keep fighting that good fight of faith, preaching this message to this lost and dying world.